happy girl. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another podcast of Women at the Well Ministries, where we believe that all of us have to come to Jesus like the woman at the well in John chapter 4. Our highest priority is making God real in your life. Whether you are listening in our app, in your favorite podcasting app, or on our website at watwm.org, we invite you to sit down with us as we look to the scriptures to learn more about God and to strengthen your daily walk with Jesus Christ. Prayer is a conversation we have the privilege of having with God. Join us in this podcast of Women at the Well Ministries as Kim takes us on an overview of prayer as we journey through the scriptures, discovering what God says about our prayers, our attitude towards prayer, and how we should pray. Hello, and thank you for joining us in this podcast of Women at the Well Ministries. I believe it's a good thing that every so often we just go back and review the basics of our life, and especially the basics of our Christianity, the basics of our salvation. I think as we move on in our lives, further away from that moment when we gave our lives and our heart to Jesus Christ, that we can sometimes forget the passion, and sometimes we can lose our zeal and our excitement about being a child of the Most High God. We don't do this on purpose, and most of the time we don't even realize we have done it. But the truth of the matter is things creep into our lives that distract us, perhaps impede us, and in many ways hurt our relationship with the Lord. And so I strongly recommend that every so often you do a heart search. You just ask the Lord to take a good look at your heart and to show you the things that are in your life and the things that are in your heart and the things that are in your mind that simply don't belong there. Because the Bible tells us in Psalms 139, in verse 23, he says this, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. When I was playing tennis on a very competitive level as I was growing up, it always seemed so odd to me that about every three months, we would do the same thing. We would, what I would think, waste a precious training session on going back to the basics. Take your racket back, get behind the ball, keep your head still, keep your eye on the ball, step forward, transfer your weight, keep your feet moving. All these things that I had been doing for years, all the very basics that had come together in my game in order to allow me to be very successful, But an interesting thing would always happen on these about every 
quarter reflection back on the basics, even 10, 12, 15, 20 years into my career, I would hear my coach say to me, that's it. Look at that backswing. That's it. You're transferring your, le- your, your weight just a little late. Or Kim, your head's starting to bobble a little bit. Sometimes they'll call me a bobblehead. And what he basically was doing was looking at what had crept into my game, unawares to me, and in many ways unbeknownst to him, whose job was to watch my game. But over time, and through habitual playing and and mindless swinging, things had come into my game that were causing me to lose points and sometimes matches. All because what I knew to do, what I was accustomed to doing, and what was the right thing to do, and in many times what I thought I was doing, simply wasn't happening. Because I'd become complacent with the swing. I had gotten used to my feet moving. And so maybe they were moving, but I was no longer concentrating on where they should be moving, and how they should be moving. The swing was so innate that I no longer was thinking about the mechanics of making it happen right. And so a little bit of time and effort, going back to the basics, I always come out of that training session sharper, wiser, and more ready for my opponents. And what I believe to be true in that circumstance and scenario I believe from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet is true in our Christian walk. We need to go back to the basics. And we need to do it often. And we need to see Jesus high and lifted up. And we need to understand who he is. We need to look at the fundamentals of our salvation and be fully aware of who Jesus is. And what he did for us. And so from time to time each year, I find myself focusing on one or two aspects of what I believe are the fundamental principles of a Christian life. And so lately, as is the case often in November, for some men it's no shave November. For Kimmy, it's Reflect on Prayer, November. See, November's a time when we really concentrate and focus on being thankful. And besides my salvation, perhaps the thing I am the most thankful for is the invitation I'm given by Jesus Christ and God himself to pray. I'm completely mesmerized by the fact in John chapter 17, we are told that Jesus prays for us. I'm completely mesmerized that he says that he ever lives to make intercession for us. I'm completely in awe that he invites me to come boldly to the throne of God. 
See, a relationship with Jesus Christ is just that. It's a relationship. And we spend a lot of time on our personal relationships here on earth. If you are married, I am praying that you're spending the most of your time with your spouse. I pray that you talk about the big things and the little things and all things in between. I pray that you dream together, that you study the word of God together, and most of all, that you pray together. Those of us who aren't married and have never been married, I pray that you have accountability buddies that you can come alongside and you can pray with. You can have very serious conversations with. That you can count on to watch you and look at your game of life, your walk with Christ, and help you find some pieces that you need to sweep the dust off of, some corners of your heart and mind that you need to clean out and fill with his grace and his mercy. But one thing I know for sure is that Jesus says he's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother, and I know what that means. That means that it's a real true relationship. We are shown that in John chapter 11 when we see that Jesus was a friend of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And that he felt emotion towards his friends. And in doing so, we even see in John chapter 11 and verse 35 that he wept. So how do we get a relationship with Jesus Christ? Well, we know that it requires salvation. We understand that he says in Romans chapter 10 and verses 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in our, thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I've thought about the connection between Romans 10, 9, and 10 and our relationship with Jesus Christ many, many times and for a long time each time. And one thing that I know for certain is that faith in Jesus Christ is what affords me salvation. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. What I know is, is that faith is incredibly crucial to our relationship with Jesus Christ. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, he says this, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And so as I begin to put these pieces of God's truth together, as we add some more pieces, I believe we'll get a very clear picture of what it means to pray and what he's asking us to do when we pray. I believe we'll have a full understanding that our prayer life is what creates our relationship with Jesus Christ. It's the prayer of repentance that we understand that all of us are sinners and come short of the glory of God, and that because he loves us and we believe in him that we can have life eternal. And all of this takes place in a prayer. And, and the Bible says that 
The heart believes that the mouth is confessing unto salvation. So as I began to look closer at prayer and this relationship I have with Jesus, I'm always struck by one of the smallest verses in Scripture. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 Pray without ceasing. What do you suppose that means? It's not practical or probably even safe to pray 24 hours a day and 7 days a week and 365 days a year. Every moment of every day. Because at some point we need to sleep. But I believe as we begin to look at 1 Thessalonians 5.17, what we begin to see is that is an attitude. And our attitude towards prayer needs to be, we want to be instant in season and out of season. We want to be able to instantaneously call upon the Lord. And we know that the psalmist David said that if we hold iniquity in our heart, he will not hear us. The only prayer he hears of a sinner steeped in sin is that of repentance that says, Lord, save me. See, as we begin to employ our faith, we begin to realize who God is. And this attitude of being in prayer so that instantaneously, if I need it or someone I love needs it, I don't have to spend a few minutes trying to get myself straightened out and find my, my faith and try to figure out, is it really what I believe? Who is he to try to get the stuff out of my life? No. If I pray without ceasing, that means that my life is ever in an attitude of prayer. As I began to think about this and this relationship we have that prayer affords us, I believe that the center of all of this discussion on prayer needs to focus around Philippians 4, 5, and 6. These precious verses say this, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Here's what I know about this. I know that prayer is more than a laundry list of things you want him to do. It's more than a to-do list for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I also know that prayer is more than a venting session about what you don't like in your life. You know what I know prayer to be? I know what it says that prayer is in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. And 16 says this, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy, and find grace to help in time of need. See, what I know prayer to be is communication with Jesus. And I know that it's essential in my relationship. But I also know that Psalms 46.10 says that we are to be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still. So what does that have to do with praying? We've got to listen. Think about your closest relationships. 
If you do all the talking, if you're the one who says every word in the relationship, you're the only one that knows nothing about the other person and they know everything about you, but you don't have a give and take relationship. You don't have a strong friendship. If you spend all your time away from the people you love, I promise you the relationship you have with those people you love will grow weaker and weaker and weaker. And the relationship you have with the people you're spending all your time with and talking to and communicating with will grow stronger and stronger. So we need to prioritize our lives so that we're spending the most time with the people we love the most and the people that God has given to us to help lead, direct, guide, comfort, and protect. See, prayer is an indicator of your relationship with Jesus Christ. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, we, tell, we see what he says. He says, hey, don't worry. You don't need to worry because you're going to use this prayer to request what you want of me. And you're going to be thankful When you're praying, because you're going to know that you know that you know that you know that I'm hearing, I'm listening, I'm capable, I'm able, and I'm on the scene. So do you see the confidence and the faith that is established in Philippians 4, 6? It's very clear. You're to be careful for nothing. You're to just give it to God. In 1 Peter 5, 7, he says, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. When you cast, you let go. It leaves you. It goes away from you. Friends, Jesus is asking us to have a personal relationship with him, one in which we have so much faith. Remember, without faith, you can't please him. That when we come to him with our request, we rest assured that he has heard, and that he will respond. And when we do that, we have peace because we understand that our circumstances may not change, but we are in the hands of a God that cannot fail. The things around us may not look any different, but we've been changed because we've employed our faith and we've handed our life, our hearts, our minds, our situations over to God with full assurance that he's in control. And if he's in control... We understand what he means in Romans 8, 28, when he says that all things work together for the good to them that love the Lord, to them that are called according to his purpose. See, this relationship we have with Jesus that happens through prayer, you know what it is? It's a relationship that employs our faith and rewards us with peace. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Do you really believe that? I want to give you just a few pieces of scripture that I hope you'll put in your heart. In Psalms 55, 17, he says, Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. As you're sweeping out the cobwebs of your heart. Fill it with the truth of God's word. Here's a little acrostic for you. We're going to spell out the word prayer and think about it like this. P is for power. 
Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Your relationship with Jesus will dictate the amount of power you allow him to work through and flow through you. R. Let's think about those who are regressed in our faith. We all know those people that used to talk to us about Jesus all the time. Who we saw at church who we saw carrying the word of God with them. And now you don't see them at church. You don't hear much about them. And James 5, 19 through 20 says, that brethren, if any of you do err from the truth and one convert him, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall have a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. So as we begin to pray, we want to pray for power. We want to pray for those who've fallen away. We want to pray for one another. James 5.16 says, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And then there's the why. And I think this might be the one we neglect the most. We pray for everybody else, but somehow we feel bad when we start to pray for ourselves. But we are told to pray for ourselves. Matthew 26, 41 says, Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. We are invited to pray for the Holy Spirit to help us and enable us to have the power we need over the temptations in our life. We are to pray so that things don't creep into our lives. We are to pray so that we know who God is. We are to pray that we would understand his promises, that we might cling to them and follow his commandments commandments. We must pray for ourselves. We must explain to Jesus who we are, not because he doesn't know, because he wants to hear our faith in action as we explain to him he's our all in all. He wants us to demonstrate our faith. I spoke to you before about Hebrews 4.16 where he invites us to come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So we're praying for power. We're going to pray for those whose faith has regressed and fallen away. We're going to pray for another. And then we're going to pray for ourselves. That's the why, yourself. Pray for yourself. And then E says, everyone. I think we lose sight that we all must come to Jesus as the woman at the well. So even the most vile, horrific sinner is loved by Jesus and created in his image, and he wants him to be saved. See, because in 2 Peter 3, 9, he said, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. When's the last time you looked around your world And picked out people you know needed to have a personal relationship with Jesus and brought their names to the throne. Ask God to help you be what ushers them into the kingdom of God. To allow you to be the stepping stone to faith. When's the last time you prayed for someone outside of the family of God that they would be part of the family of God. 
And that will bring us to the final R in prayer, which stands for revival. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles 7, 14, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. People, we need a revival in our own lives. And when we have the revival in our own lives, you can be sure there'll be a revival in the people around you. That will have a rippling effect to the people around them, to a rippling effect around those. And the next thing you know, there's a revival in your church. There's a revival in your county. There's a revival in your state. There's a revival in your country. There's a revival in your continent. And there's a revival in your world. And you say, Ken, that's just not how it works. It is how it works. Because he said he rewards our faith. Well, you can't worry about everybody else's life. Today is the day for you to ask the Lord to sweep through your heart. Today is the day for you to reflect upon how effective is your prayer life. Today is the day for you to get down in the word of God. To learn his promises, to study, to show yourself approved a workman unto God that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, like we're told in 2 Timothy 2.15. Prayer is the means by which we are still and hear from him. Prayer is the means by which we inquire and request of him with thanksgiving. Prayer is the means in which we build our relationship with Jesus. And prayer is the means by which heavenly Revelations transform earthly hearts and minds. Today is the day to build your relationship with Jesus, and it's going to start with prayer, which is fueled by your faith. Remember, you are loved. Jesus loves you. Thank you for joining us in today's podcast. You can visit the show notes for quotes from today's podcast and scripture references. We pray today has been a blessing, and we encourage you to reach out to us through our app, our website, or our Facebook page. You can find our app by searching for Woman at the Well Ministries in your app store or through our website at watwm.org. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash watwm. If you visit our website, you'll be able to subscribe to Bible Bits, a daily devotion written by Kim and delivered Monday through Friday by text message. Woman of the Well Ministries is a nonprofit organization dedicated to serving our Heavenly Father, and it is through your loving and generous support that our ministry continues to bless others. To learn how to partner with Woman at the Well Ministries, please visit our website. Thank you to the gospel group Fudge Creek for letting us use their hit song, Happy Girl. We greatly appreciate your prayers. We are praying daily for our listeners. Remember that God loves you. You are loved. Happy girl.
Happy girl.